So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, 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 or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Welcome to Whatever You Do. I'm Danny. And I'm Abby. We're just best friends trying to figure out how to bring glory to God in whatever you do. As promised, we're, we're here. We're only eight episodes late. We had really, I had really, I had really wanted to do this on episode number 100. Danny didn't care. I was going to say we wanted to do it on episode 100, but it meant nothing to you. I really wanted to. But it only took eight extra episodes, and we are here with the husbands. Hi-yo. Hey, guys. Glad that they are joining us this time. I feel like they're more excited this time than... Welcome back! (laughs) 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 Then, I feel like the first time we had you guys on, back at episode 50, you were more apprehensive about it. Yeah, but then we realized that... uh, No one cares. Your... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's possible. Our level of production... (laughs) Is, is not something to be nervous about. Yeah. Uh, that's true. And our one. I'm mainly, ta- I'm mainly talking to my mom right now. I don't know if your mom listens to us anymore. <laughs> I think they quit on us. <clears throat> oh, they really? quit when we started talking about, that's like... That's a shame. The listenership has been falling ever since. No, it hasn't, but ever they Ever since we were on us. Tim, we tanked the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it probably was. So, just a reminder for people who don't know us, even though that's probably only two people listening, maybe... <laughs> Abby's husband is Tim. Hi, I'm Tim. Hello, I'm Tim. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, can I just say Kind of an inside joke. (laughs) The other day, Tim called me and was like, make sure when you answer your phone that you don't say your name. And I was like, well, I just answer my phone by saying Hello. hello. And he's like, okay, so you don't say like, hi, this is Abby. I'm like, no. Chip, do you answer it saying, hello, this is Chip? Depends on who's calling. What if it's a number you don't know? Yeah, what if it's a number you don't know? How do you answer your phone? Uh, como estas? (laughs) (laughs) I'll answer a random number of ways. I I actually believe that. (laughs) He really does. I literally never said... I've never... Do you answer your phone, hello, this is Tim? Yes. Yeah, but someone I don't know. Because it is... It, because you've put your number out there as a business number. So that's what I business. said. I'm yeah. like, maybe you do that because it's like, you're a business. But I'm like, I'm not like answering my phone like that. And he's like, okay, good. I don't think the majority of normal people answer on a their personal phone. line answer Sometimes I'll just really? say, you know, if my mom's calling, hey, mom. That's so right. weird. But if it's a number like, you hey, don't know, hey, how do you uh, Hey, mom, this is Chip. All right. Tell I us know it. you named me Paul, but... <laughs> tell us in the comments below... <laughs> How do you is, answer your how phone? How do you answer your phone? That's I don't. Private line. Your private line in a number you your don't know. The answer phone. is I don't answer my phone. I was going to say, <laughs> the majority of the time, if it's a number I don't know, I don't answer it. Yes. Okay, but even... All right, so uh, I get Olive groomed, our dog. And when I answer the phone, I say, hello, this is Tim. No. Like, I say, hello. That's not weird. Go, Tim Hi. speaking... 
So they no. know who they're talking to. They no, don't know if it's no. a prank. I, I generally they like don't have context. They don't have the context that no, you I have, make which them, is your personal I make them number. work on it. I make them get the information one step at a time. I have to know who they are before they get to know who I am. Your whole point was that I don't answer my phone that way. Right. But Most I don't. Most people don't. <laughs> It's I don't. Not, I think I don't. I'm think not. I don't. I don't believe this. I like I making him work for it. I don't think most people do. Okay, I think you're well, extra generous with another your question. identity. Who uses their screening, the Google Assistant? So, like, when a call pops up on my phone, it says, "Do you want to screen this?" And sometimes I just hit yes, and I screen it, and then an automated voice says, "Hey, this caller is using a screening. State who you are and why you're calling." I've never we heard of this. We don't have that. Yeah, we're that's... Apple users, oh, okay. so I think I it already I think it already ages. ours says potential. It spin. comes up as potential. Yeah, spin. so does the Google ones. <clears throat> okay, so that's all we have. Yeah, I, I think I've maybe I don't had know like you one legitimate call come through <laughs> through the screener. Mm. Huh? But it's kind of fun. Sometimes it screens my <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's Tim. Hi. Danny's married to Chip. Hey. Also known as Paul. Or Steven. Steven, Steven Paul, Chip Brown. <laughs> Mostly just Chip. How though. would he even know how to answer his He calls? wouldn't even know how. Because he has so many names. Hello, See, that's why, that's why he's not allowed to answer the <laughs> Maybe question. you should start making up multiple names so that people are confused about your identity. Depending on who it is in your life, you have a new name. I'll start saying, <laughs> hola. <laughs> Como estas? <laughs> well... So, we wanted yep. to have you guys on. Actually, Tim wanted to come on. Well, you wanted them to come yeah, on. Yeah, you wanted to, and then... No, I was telling him that we were going to talk about family worship, and he was like, what? No, 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 no. You were like, what? That's I an episode to... we should be on. Uh, I don't think so, yeah, because I asked you today, what are we talking about? Right, but a couple weeks ago when I told you we were going to talk about family worship, you said, what? That's an episode the guy should be on. It is true. You Fine. said because she updated me immediately after. Great. I was like, oh, Tim cares about being on this, so well, we're here for you. So this is a great topic. Have we done a, an episode on discipline, like raising children, Ooh. training discipline? Because that would be a fun so. one with the guys, right? Yeah. yeah. Would be. Be Chip's discussion. like, I'm going to You know what? This podcast is just for the four of us now. <laughs> it might only come out once a year, an episode, because... Trying to get all four of us at once. Yeah, it doesn't right. happen often. Really interfere with our Catan playing. That has been also non-existent. Right, I know, but last... it's going to be even more non-existent if we been... start recording. It's been. We've got one well game in the last, what, three months? No. Yeah, yeah one, one game. game. We had one game since Bo was since born. Since Bo was born. It was a weird... I don't remember it. it. We I think barely I was on fit drugs. it in, and it was kind of... Like, should we even be playing right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, so anyways, this podcast is interrupting our chances to play Catan. It so, is. Let's, uh, but although it's let's not this really, <laughs> let's just be honest. What? Would any of us really want to be out there playing Catan? No. While all we would be hiding in this awake? office with the Northlock <laughs> playing Catan. Maybe. The kids are doing movie night. We now have an old enough child amongst us to babysit the babies. Yep. So that works out. And family worship. That's what we're here to talk about. All right. So, um, Tim? I have one. <laughs> I, I, Pick I, us off, Tim. I, <laughs> why don't you start with... Sure. All right. Giving us Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a background. question. How were you raised? Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> what if I ask the question... 
Uh, it takes a tribe to raise a child. What do you think the false. common... Okay, so Chip would say false. Vill- okay, tribe, village, doesn't really matter. Okay. Depends on where you're coming from. Okay. And depends on if it's Hillary <laughs> saying it or not. Okay. <laughs> what would you say? So Chip says false. And why? I guess why would you say that? Because it's the mantra that's used to uh, make parents feel better about giving their responsibility to, over to other people, mm-hmm. as opposed to really taking ownership of uh, training their kids, disciplining their kids, raising their kids up in God's word themselves. Not that you don't have like support right. and resources and other people come alongside you in some areas. But ultimately, the responsibility is that of the parents, not of the quote-unquote tribe. And and where do you get that chip? Um, that comes from God's word. And so there's multiple instances. Hey, Tim, thanks for asking. Uh, I have a few verses pulled up here. Wait, oh, Tim it, wait, has it memorized. I have it memorized. <laughs> Tim has most of it memorized. Um, but Deuteronomy 4... Um, talks about you have the, the Shema and then it goes into you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your your might and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart you shall teach them diligently to your children you shall talk of them when you sit in your house when you walk by the way when you lie down when you rise um, so that's you know how God instructed his people the Israelites to a shepherd their children. So that that instruction was given to the parents. Um, you go into Proverbs, you have trained up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Um, then you go into Ephesians 6, fathers do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So we have specific instruction for parents, for fathers to be about teaching, training, discipline, um, of our children. And like we said before, it doesn't mean that there's other people that don't speak into your children's lives. I mean, that's a blessing to have grandparents and friends and other people in the church, um, that can speak into your kids' lives. Uh, but ultimately the parents, the fathers are the ones that have been given the responsibility. And I think when you've been doing it for a little while, you cherish that you doing what when you are involved in the process of um teaching training bringing your kids up in god um you love it i mean it's it's an amazing thing and it's also there's so many things that are amazing in being involved in raising your children whether you're teaching them school teaching them how to do different jobs um around the house teaching them skills um, teaching them God's word. It's just a great thing to be the one that gets to speak into their lives. Um, so for me, I think I wasn't raised in a way where there's very like specific instruction in God's word. We were encouraged to read God's word. We were encouraged to read God's word. We went to church every Sunday. Um, you know, we memorized some verses with curriculum Um, but kind of the family worship, um, aspect where as a family singing together and praying together, 
Um, and being in God's word together on a daily basis wasn't something we had. So for me, when Danny and I got married, um, that wasn't a big part of our daily lives. Not that, um, you know, individually we weren't in God's word, um, but doing it as a family um, wasn't super routine for us. I'm wondering if that's a generational thing. Because I grew up similarly. Mm -hmm. I just had a lot of church in my life. I Mm -hmm. went to private school, uh, had believing parents, Mm -hmm. but it always seemed like one of those things that my parents, although they love the Lord, they gave me to a professional. Like, looking back. um, And I'm wondering if it's a thing with that generation, too, where they have just come to believe the professionals of the world and let the professionals do the professionals. Um, because well, that, that is very, what you just described is very similar to my experience, which and, is, and our parents were raised by, um, at least if they're on the older side, the generation that went through world war two, where all the guys are gone. Mm. And so the women are the ones raising the kids, raising the family. Um, so, I mean, it's, it seems like it almost almost is stemming from, um, you know, if the guy isn't around, then might be the girl's in charge of doing it. A couple generations. I mean, right? Like, I guess it'd probably be. Well, my you're my older uncle than Vic t- was in World War Two. My great uncle Vic. You're older than Tim, and your your grandparents are older than. him. His grandparents, and that was an older brother of your grandma who was in World War II. I mean, we're right, talking right. hundred years. But I'm saying it's probably more like the great grandparents yeah. that were in that right. generation sure. than the grandparents. But but it is it is it is interesting the generational um, aspect of faith where you you do feel like you see kind of stereotypes that tend to be true for different generational aspects of things. So when did you start doing family worship? We did a lot of kind of reading through Bible books with our kids when they were little. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when I read Vody Bauckham's um, Family Shepherds mm-hmm. is when I was a little bit more... Um, convicted to do more than kind of just read through little... That was probably also around the time that our oldest was hitting more early school age. Like six. Six or seven. Six or seven. So I think I think that's when we were kind of... It, 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 there really is a difference between when you have all really small children. Yeah. Not to say you shouldn't do some form of family worship, but I do think it looks different mm-hmm. when you have a yeah. three-year-old, a one-year-old, and a newborn baby, and yeah. you know, you're not probably going to sit and read chapters of the Bible and sing multiple hymns. Maybe you will, and that I think it's fine too, but you might also sing the B-I-B-L-E and yeah. read a Bible story out yeah. of children's right. Bible. I mean... Yeah. And I I think that's one of the biggest takeaways is that family worship isn't a 
um, checklist, do this, do that, and then you've done family worship. Mm-hmm. That you need to follow a certain prescription for yeah. fitting all these certain things. Obviously, there's general categories of singing and prayer and being in God's word. But I think it's a practical application of what you just read at the beginning of this conversation, which is teaching your children diligently. Well, how do we, how can we practically do that? You had mentioned raising children. It's great to teach them lessons, be able to teach them to do chores, being responsible, correcting them. But then you also have, that's all part of it, but then there's also the passing down and the teaching aspect, which is the practical play of rollout of, um, <clears throat> we have a, we have a guest. Another guest. He can just sit on the <clears throat> How's it going, Deke? Deke, you've been able to be on this podcast more than any child. Well, way to go, Deke. We're probably going to have a... <laughs> we might be able to hear him. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, a, a practical thing that a father can do um, if... You know, when I, when I was learning about... Uh, how to be a father from a Christian perspective. I too read Vodi Vakum and it struck me that there, that the way I grew up was youth pastor, youth pastor pretty much trains you in how mm. to do all this. At least that's the goal is to be a spiritual counselor when really it should have, in my opinion, um, <clears throat> that it should have been my father and my mother doing that. But there was no role model for them. And so when I heard family worship, I was like, there's no way I could possibly do that. (laughs) Like it sounded so, Mm -hmm. so... uh, Intimidating? Intimidating, lofty for someone who had never done that, who loved God's word, but... If you were just to sit across from me at this table and say, Tim, you need to do family worship. You need to train your children in discipline of the Lord. And you can do that by doing family worship. Could you make a argument as to what benefits you get from it? But first, maybe say like what uh, you have... Uh, what family worship is in a practical Mm-hmm. in a practical way. <clears throat> so I remember going to a conference with Vodi Bakum. Hey, and we were there with you, weren't we? Yeah. I don't know if you remember, but I raised my hand at the end and I was like, hey, Vodi, how do you do family worship? And he's like, really? So glad you asked. I actually wrote a book about that. And I, was, I had no idea that he actually wrote a book on how to do family <laughs> hey, worship. It's like that little <laughs> it skinny, funny thing ever. It's like the skinny book called like Family Shepherds or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Is that the, like, practical... That's, like, the practical, how do you do family worship. Okay. Um, it's also in family-driven family faith. Family-driven faith. As well. Okay. I don't know. Not surprising. I, I forget what the differences are. But. Um, and I think it is intimidating to start doing it when you don't really have, like, an example set for you, kind of like, mm-hmm. like you and I. Um, and I think that's where... For guys that don't have an example, um, you just need to realize that you just need to start and God will grow that into what he wants it to be. 
So I know like your family worship is probably different today than it was when you started, you know, a few years ago. Um, I know for us it is. And God takes you down a path of like maturing you and, um, and children growing up and your children growing up and certainly changes the dynamics. (laughs) Um, and so kind of like I've mentioned the three goals of family worship would be to, uh, use song for worship. So having a worship, um, aspect for God, um, having some sort of scripture reading um, where you're in God's word and um, being in prayer. And so, you know, those can, those can look different to different ages and those can, you don't have to, you know, if, if you're intimidated, just start with one, you know, do um, go around the circles of family and do prayer requests and praises and, you know, praise a family together. Um, have your kids hear the parents pray and um, encourage the kids to pray so they have some sort of um, frame of reference of how to start talking to God. Um, And so, you know, God's going to grow that as your kids get older and they do it more and more and more. Um, But I think generally speaking, you're looking at prayer, worship through song and God's word. Um, I think for us, we generally like to do it in the morning um, because I feel like it helps set the tone for the day in terms of you're, it really, you're having God I mean, on your mind and heart early these in the types day. These of, of aspects of it, though, are really going to just depend family by family on A lot of times you work later and availability. There's right. going to be families who the dad's up and out the door. By 6 a.m. Right, and then they get home and they have dinner and they have their family worship after dinner, before bedtime. Sure. I mean, we've done different times of the day, depending on when when your schedule is and what other things we have going on. There's so many different elements that can change. I enjoy morning the most, though. Take shape, yeah. Um, When you were first starting off, where did you start? Like, what did you start and how long did it last? We probably focused on scripture reading um, uh, at the earlier points of us doing family worship with some prayer and probably song was the last thing that we've added in. Um, I'm not super musical, so I'm not a we also great go song through, leader. But... Through different phases of memorizing scripture or working on the catechisms that we memorize for church will go through seasons where we're doing that really often. And then other times we're not doing it at all. Um, So start to finish, how long do you, would you say family worship takes you guys in in the morning when each day? Right now for the last few years, we've been doing um, reading through the Bible or listening through the Bible. We uh, follow the Bible reading challenge that Christ church does out of Moscow. So it's, it's at least five to six chapters a day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, do you do that all in one sitting? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we, in the morning? Yeah, in the morning. Typically. Yeah. So we encourage our kids to have their Bibles out so that they're reading and hearing it at the same time. Um, and it takes a good 20 to 30 minutes just for that part of it. And yeah. then 
we'll do uh, we, probably about like a 10 minute prayer time and then we got 10 a, minute song time. So We got a book recently uh, called Then Sings My Soul, which is 150 stories of hymns. So we've been working our way through that and every day we read another story of a hymn and we sing through that hymn and sometimes we'll do the doxology sometimes we'll add another hymn that we're familiar with but that's kind of the bare bones is just doing whatever new hymn that we're on from mm -hmm. that book so you can get that on amazon you guys is that there that two too? yeah i think there's, there's two versions. three of them so we our family sings hymns for small group or reach group at our church um and there's something about hymns that we just generally like. Um, not that we're opposed to other. We're not opposed to other songs. We types just of songs, but the hymns have a lot of rich words and theology in them, and they. I think it's if we don't if we don't do hymns, then our kids aren't going to really be exposed to them anywhere mm -hmm. else. We do. We do. I would will say over the course of the years we've been at our church more and more hymns have been added to mm -hmm. the normal worship time. But I, I'd i say when we first started attending, there weren't very yeah. many hymns. Yeah. So it kind of felt like we wanted to just keep that part alive for our kids to, to learn them and know them. And I think that this is a really fun aspect of it to be hearing the stories behind them as well. Yeah. And because it really can... Yeah, that's pretty cool. Take the words that you're. It can be really easy for sometimes the words to just go by and not really pay attention to what they're saying. Mm -hmm. um, but I think sometimes when you know the background of who is writing it and w what their context was, it does just make you more curious about, like, well, what did they write? What are mm -hmm. they saying? Yeah. And as you, as you read the words and hear them, uh, it just can be really encouraging. So for us, we're probably 45 minutes. To an hour. To an hour. You guys do that after breakfast? After breakfast, yeah. So we usually, we're not done with breakfast and our kind of our family worship till some days almost 10. Some days 11. Um, some days 11 if we're sleeping in a little bit and getting a later start to the day. So, but we also, but that just works. We for gather central. in our living room for our family worship. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of, for us, how it looks with having, we have nine children. Our oldest is 14, but we have all the way down to a, a one-year-old. So as we're doing this hour long, family worship time, we encourage all the children who can read to have their Bibles out and open in front of them, but the youngest ones who can't read are usually, we allow them to have blocks out or cars out where they can sit and play with those as long as they're not becoming too disruptive or distracting. If they start to become too loud or fighting with each other, distracting, then we will have them come and sit with us for a while. And I find that it's a really good time to be training them as well, to mm -hmm. be to be coming and sitting with us for 
for periods of time where they're listening, but you don't, it doesn't have to be as um, rigid of you can like kind of let them back down to play. I, I guess just do. Do you, do you remember Danny early on when we start first started doing this? I don't know if it was a joke or if it was just in my head where like family worship meant just more spanking time because you're like trying to teach your kids to like sit and listen and you know not mess with each other and it's felt like there was well, today with more spanking time <laughs> yeah today definitely had some spankings <laughs> involved in family worship i mean just for the little kids that you don't you're not spanking your 14 year old yeah no need for that anymore um but yeah i mean you just as a parent you need to uh, take those opportunities to you know teach your kids how they're supposed to be Mm-hmm. And even if you're in family worship, that's a great time to teach yeah. your kids, um, you know, how to interact and how to listen to authority. And mm-hmm. There's really so. no good times that, that taking the time to stop and instruct. And right, because all the kids are like kids. sitting and waiting for. Right, but I'm saying <laughs> there's really no good time right. in your day. It's yeah. all, it doesn't matter what you're doing. It's always, there's going always going to be a level it. of inconvenience about it. Yeah. That so it's not... when you do have to correct a child in that way, do you pause all of family worship? Or do one of you take or... the child out to discipline while the rest of you continue? We've done both. It just sometimes we, the circumstance. Okay. we pause scripture reading. Sometimes we continue it. It just kind of depends. Okay. So I feel like that with, with correcting discipline. I feel like that with, like someone needs to go to the bathroom. It just kind of depends on the day and how. Yeah. I don't know. There's not really a. A way we. Determine if we're gonna yeah. pause and wait or just be like, eh, they'll just miss three minutes. It's fine. Yeah. So I think. People have a general feel for how we do it. How about you guys? What does family worship look for you in terms of when you first start applying it, how you're doing it now, how has that changed? Uh, I think the thing that we have, Abby and I, have kind of always struggled with is consistency. So I I think that's just generally uh, something that we've always struggled with. Would you agree? Yeah. Like, we aren't very disciplined in consistent things. So when I think family worship, first of all, has to be out of a deep conviction and a deep desire. Um, And sometimes uh, in moments like these where I have to reassess what I believe, a realignment of what I was originally convicted on. Um, So... Uh, it has ebbs and flows, as with life, specifically in the last three or four months of our lives, as the people listening to this <laughs> have probably heard, uh, just the last three or four months have just been so inconsistent, just in general, yeah. um, fairly chaotic because of everything that has been happening. But when we first started, it was uh, definitely a struggle. I thought it was supposed to be like a... Um, more of a production 
Uh, you spent a lot of time in the beginning. We used to do it in the evenings, and you would put on worship music, and it was like... Yeah, we would run around the Tim table. Tim would, like, and... dance with each kid and, like, take turns picking each one up while I they, like, still, I run still around, like, wish dancing to them. And I would always just sit on the couch watching because I'm like, oh. What are you doing? But that was, like, but, a big part of our worship time was, like, putting on Chris Tomlin and, like... Yes. Dancing with the children. Yes. And, I mean, at least Gracelyn, our oldest, has really cherished memories of mm-hmm. of those instances. Yeah. And you would uh, also, like, make up motions to the different worship songs to, like, teach them to the kids. Oh, that's right. I forgot I did that. Yeah. You make up <laughs> yeah. motions for, like, a lot of life. I love doing that. <laughs> um... <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, I mean, now that I have more children, I'm probably a lot more exhausted and a lot more structured, but I would love to get back to, to doing that. Dancing? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You also used to play your guitar and like kind of run around. I I occasionally bust out the guitar. You're just a lot more like physically Uh, because that's, I mean. Yeah. And I just. Well, here's something interesting that. I, I was convicted when I was reading Vodi Bakum's book, which is uh, that you're supposed to make it multisensorial. At, at least gr- raising children should be a multisensorial experience. Yes. Kind of like how a certain smell can bring you back to a certain time in your life. Um, so that's why we have started doing uh, Sabbath dinners is because the smell of bread in the air will immediately trigger in my child's mind. <laughs> wow, Sabbath dinner, peace. I remember praying with my family. Um, so that's kind of where dancing and doing all that came from. But to answer your initial question, uh, it's always been, it's always had those three elements that you talked about, mm-hmm. which was prayer. Uh, uh, singing for us, mm-hmm. uh, we sing one hymn, we pray just to open up the time. Uh, so just God is before we open up your word, would you please move within us? Something simple, basic. Then we spend time in God's word or some sort of devotional. Uh, and then we end it off with the doxology. So the doxology is kind of like the book end Closing, of yeah. the experience um and then there's usually some other prayer time that is more extended with praying for certain people yes yeah i'm sorry yes uh yes so the end of the prayer is the doxology so um yeah so it's extended prayer after reading god's word okay uh where we'll sometimes go again we're not consistent um i guess my mind just doesn't work that way but uh, this morning, I believe I went around the table and asked kids what they wanted to pray about. Maybe that was the day before. I don't know. But I I feel like we're more consistent than you are feeling like we are. Okay. Well, great. I definitely would agree with you. <laughs> I, saying, wish, I wish. You're making it sound like we're not consistent. <clears throat> and I'm thinking, I feel like, yeah, sure, we'll, like, miss... Okay. A, a day here All and there. last week. I think we did twice last week. So, like, that's kind of... Are you sure, babe? 
I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I do. Sure. I I, would, I wish. I been. honestly, honestly, it has been such a blessing to <clears throat> my life, to my own spiritual growth, that I wish I could do it three times a day. Like I, I literally like I, I get done. <laughs> I don't really like doing the Bible reading challenge. <laughs> I said this to Abby last night. He's and she like, goes, he's like, hey, we don't... need to talk about the Bible reading challenge. And I was like, okay, so what do you want to talk about? He's like, I don't like it. <laughs> I like it as a discipline for myself, but it's because Tim wants to have dialogue in conversations, and so he will stop after every chapter and like want to ask the kids what? what they learned or what they heard and have this whole big explanation and spiel. You can't so do that, you can't do that with six chapters. And so then he feels torn in between like, well, do we just sit and listen to it and not have any dialogue, which he really likes the dialogue. And so because I think totally the same way. It engages yeah. my children. And when I'm, you know, when I have my Bible cracked open and I look across my table and I see kids laying there, I know they're listening. Um, and, and we are supposed to live by faith and not by sight. And God is the one who produces the fruit in them. There are just mornings where, uh, one, I'm not a morning person. And so I'm already bitter at life. (laughs) And two, uh, when I see that they are engaging me, I know that I have their hearts. And so I grew up again, I grew up in a Christian school where where it was just all around me. And I remember just. So you want the feedback from our kids to like know that they're listening and interacting with what's be what they're listening to. Yeah, I want. I I totally agree. I I think that um, having a set family worship time is great, but that shouldn't be everything you're doing with your kids. Um, You know, like just like Deuteronomy said, as you walk by the way, as you sit in your house, like. Your whole entire life of teaching your kids, you should be... Should be family worship. Should be grounding them Mm. in why are we doing this this way. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, as my kids are getting older, I'm starting to read books with them and try to prepare them for different aspects of their lives that that are coming up. Um, And that has been really fruitful in well as your kids are getting older but also you're still spending time with our younger kids and doing some of the some yeah of so the outside of family worship bible yeah we'll do we'll times. still do bible story reading with the little guys i'm not super consistent on that but that happens a couple times a week maybe and then with the older kids i'm going through another Bodie Bacham book and so those two two other times give opportunity to have those discussions where kids where it's like it is open-ended where like the kids are like well what does this mean and we can talk about and it and i definitely and... think that you very much can even read three verses during your family worship time and talk about those in depth and we've enjoyed the bible reading challenge from the from the aspect of there is something about the larger chunks at a time and hearing the stories more, um, not just like one chapter at a time. Mm-hmm. 
where you hear the broader picture more quickly and doing that every year that I know for me, there's things that it's like, this is our third time through it now. And there's still chapters that will really jump out that I feel like I, I don't even hardly remember hearing that before, but I know I have, but I know that it's kind of the same with my kids. Um, yeah, I mean, how often do you sit with your kids and learn about Balaam the talking donkey? You know, like, that doesn't happen very often. So the, the Bible reading challenge gives um, gives a great opportunity for your kids to get all of Scripture in front of them consistently, um, year after year after year. So we really enjoy that, but it definitely, I feel like there needs to be an aspect of, you know, more individual training outside of that. Yeah. Um, I, and that's, <laughs> after my conversation with Abby, it was very like, <laughs> she goes, well, we need to read through the Bible. And I'm like, I totally, like, I totally agree with you. There is just a certain aspect that I, I have been blessed by the interactions with my children. I've been blessed by uh, just going through the material myself. Uh, teaching my children, singing with them. I've seen fruit in their lives that I just wish that I personally had more time throughout the day to, to be doing this. That is, that is structured right. um, yeah. in the way that it is because typically when uh, the teaching moments can fly by you without you actually realizing yeah. it. Um, it takes intentionality. Yeah. So, I mean, so today, like, I was driving uh, to my work and then um, on my way home uh, I just know that it's a Friday and I'm in downtown Tempe and there's construction and it <laughs> I was literally pointing out the fact that the to my two kids who were in the back um, that the people walking were going faster than our car was able <laughs> to go at the time and so I was like oh you know what we never did uh, numbers. We never read numbers uh, for the Bible reading challenge, so I just popped it on because I knew that we had 20 minutes, mm -hmm. and there was like four chapters, and the chapters are 50 verses long, and so uh, at the end of it, I was able to actually have a conversation with them, which is kind of yeah. to the to the verse where yeah. you know when we uh, walk by the way, when we sit down, um, and I had really good conversation about God. Uh, does God kill people? And I, I asked my kids, like, mm -hmm. do, does God kill people? And Cade was like, no, he doesn't murder people. And so anyways, um, I just wish I could do it more often. Yeah. I don't know if you mentioned this, but before we did the Bible reading challenge, we went through the book, Leading Little Ones to God. And you really mm -hmm. liked that one. I'll show you a picture of what it looks like, babe, yeah, because... I've heard one. really good things oh, yeah. of it. You, that like, loved it. Because yeah. <laughs> it had, like, questions, mm -hmm. and I think it had, like, a... I don't remember, but I think it has, like, a hymn also mm -hmm. suggestion in there. But I remember you loved that book, and yes. you did that. Because it was very ago. structured and easy to wake up in the morning. Again, not a morning person, and able to pop it open and then just be able to use that as, like, a guide. Is that a... Uh... The entire Bible put into stories, or is that oh, more no. salvation-based? Yeah, it's sure. more of like a devotional, I would say. Okay. But a lot of it, I, 
with like a practical question. I mean, I could go get it off my bookshelf, but oh, something it, that has helped me tremendously when I was first starting off were books like this. Just it has like, like discussion like, questions, a suggested reading, mm-hmm. a hymn, and a prayer. Cool. In there with the different. It talks about matters of like nature of God, sin, salvation, church, prayer. Um, I wanted to go back to Tim's consistency that he initially talked about. <laughs> that I because, think exists or doesn't exist. <laughs> um, I do feel like it's hard. I feel like you have to retrain your mind in saying, like, telling yourself, this is the most important part of my day. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that just comes naturally. I feel like, at least for me, I have this big list of things I want to do, and it's just easy to be distracted and not have all of those things be like worship and God-centered. Because um, there's just a lot to do mm-hmm. when you're in a big family. Um, but retraining your mind to say, you know, my day is going to be great when we sit down and worship God together as a family. Yeah. And then anything else that gets done after that is mm-hmm. even better. But that's the thing that makes the what, day great. Uh, what is it? Proverbs or Psalm that talks about the uh, if God doesn't build the house. It's it's it Psalm, Psalm one twenty seven. In the labor in vain. Yeah. Then the builders. Uh, build in vain mm-hmm. um that has always been at least for the last couple months has been mm-hmm. kind of my mind's mantra yeah. as uh, i work through things. psalm 127 unless the lord builds the house those who build it labor in vain unless the lord watches over the city the watchmen mm-hmm. stay awake in vain and then it is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest eating the yeah. bread of anxious toil but he gives his beloved sleep and then it goes into behold, behold children yeah. are a heritage from right. the Lord, the which is like a perfect, which is like a perfect summary of how children are a reward, and that starting off and leading your family in worship is God's design. And mm-hmm. ultimately, when we stand before the Lord, when we're done with the gifts and the things that He's given to us, it is not going to be the youth pastor, my pastor children's ministries the fact that my child is saved or not saved is did i do well in training my child in the lord so um this is for listeners we have probably been through a dozen or so uh kid bible books Mm -hmm. and they all stink does anybody (laughs) out there have a kids what like a, a kid storybook, story you know, like Genesis through Revelation. I feel like this, the storybook Bible wasn't bad. Is it I don't one? know if it goes through the whole entire Bible. But sure. I just, we've just been through so many. It's like they all have problems, you yes, know, at different points. And it's just like. Yeah, the Jesus, Jesus storybook who, Bible. What's, yeah, what's everybody's favorite? Is that the one we liked? When we were first starting off with family worship, that was when we were at Redemption and just figuring out family worship for ourselves in a um anyway comment below on your favorite <laughs> um, reach out Bible. to us wherever, yeah. <laughs> wherever you find this podcast and if you stuck around that long <laughs> probably wrong. all the ones you're going to list chip has already tried and already not liked mm-hmm. so we've we've tried them too but I honestly don't like if we like them probably the most engaging and most comprehensive 
is the Action Bible. That's the one I just said, yeah. Oh, but it's a little that. bit too old yeah, it's, for it's the like little... Age seven and eight and above, yeah, yeah. right? It's kind of comic book style. Yeah, comic book style. And what's difficult about... What I found about that is everyone wants to huddle around and <laughs> and see the pictures of Which it. Which is fine if you have, yeah. like, three kids you're reading it to, but if you're reading it to... Yeah, I like huddles. <laughs> so, okay, question. Can, a, uh, can the wife lead family worship? So... The bigger question is, um, as head of a household, do you have to do everything? No. Right? Like, if something is under your jurisdiction, your responsibility, does that mean your hand has to be doing it? No. Question, and the answer is no. You need to be the one leading to make sure it's getting done. It doesn't mean that you do everything. So I think, but if the father's never involved in leading right. family worship, and is just like, oh, I'm in charge of making this decision, I'm going to have the mom me. to do it yeah. for me, and is never sure. involved. Does that really give the message to your children that this is the most important part of the day? Well, there's and one of the yes. most important. I think there's a difference between delegation and leading through action. But that's part but of whether you're a good leader or not. Right, but then there is also a part in saying a oh, realistically I can't do this honey could you sure could you do this this morning or maybe I'm not feeling well or like right. could you yeah. could you do this I have to go help someone I got to go do something all day long and yeah I, I think there is definitely a place um, for the wife to lead the family in different aspects of family assuming worship. the father is not assuming there that the father isn't able to. Mm-hmm. Um, if both parents are there at the same time, then I think the father should take the lead. Mm-hmm. Um, what if... I'm assuming that the majority of people listening to this podcast are women. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Chip listens. So. Might be the one guy that listens to the podcast. <laughs> so, um, what would happen if... If a father is not, if a father is not doing that, what uh, from ladies? What do you think? Uh, what would be your suggestion to those ladies who would love to have this happen? Would love nothing more than to sit down with their husband, have their husband lead family worship, but husband isn't isn't either there yet. Uh, let's just or say, doesn't think it's a priority, or isn't a sure. Christian, or. Yeah. I think those are reasons. all different situations, yeah. but mainly he's professing Christian, but he's like, eh. You can do it. You got a youth you pastor. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and do it. Kind of like the the husband who's like, when you come, when somebody come, when you're doing, sorry, when you are uh, uh, picking curriculum, if you're a homeschooler, when you're picking curriculum, you're like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this, and the husband's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. Like, who's, like... No, you've never done that. <laughs> You're making it sound like this is, like, a common thing that everyone has experienced. What? That, like, the husband's like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever, I don't care about the curriculum. You feel like it's common? I think so. I think so. Okay. Do you because you're, like spending, you're spending more time I researching think, it. I definitely think school curriculum is 
vastly different than leading family worship because yeah, but there's still but there's still okay. It's like why is the husband gonna have like a really a really strong opinion about what the wife is expected to be carrying out with the children and the wife knows what the children need and okay, where they're so at. Here's, so here's, but here's the, the default, at least for, for my heart, which is, uh, uh, when say it's a business thing, I am hearing somebody's suggestion to me and I'm critically thinking about it because at the end of the day, the buck stops with me and I will be the one to be of blame if X, Y, and Z doesn't get done. But sometimes uh, men will come home and their default is to turn off. I'm done for the day. Wife comes in and says, hey, little Susie needs to learn her ABCs with Monkey one, two, three. I don't even know what curriculum there is. Um, like, do you want that? Monkey do you want that? Monkey one, two, three. This is one of the ABCs. I would probably steer the wife away from that curriculum if you're trying to learn the ABCs. But the default, the default would be just advocate. Ad, not ad, abdicate, which mm-hmm. is, uh, yeah, sure, whatever, do it. Uh, same thing can happen with family worship as a suggestion. Like, yeah, sure. Oh, whatever. Like, that's what you want to do with the kids while I'm at work. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me. Like, no, sure. Well, I think there's two aspects that come to my mind. One, I think that husband should repent, but (laughs) there's two, there's two aspects when I, I definitely don't think that if, if there's no, I don't think there's anything wrong at all with a uh, mom leading her children in these things mm-hmm. that doesn't have to be planned out and led by her husband if the husband isn't doing these things. I I do think it gets really tricky. Um, so you're saying if the husband isn't leading, then not and the wife the is wife... convicted to do these things, that she should just do them. Right. I'm not saying that she necessarily leads in the sense that if I I think the trickier aspect comes in when you have wives who I I think there's a lot of wives and I think probably I've struggled with this early on I would be surprised if Abby didn't struggle with this early on but I think it's a common thing where Wives may get an expectation of what they want their husbands to do or how they want their husbands to lead or what they want, what they think family worship should look like. And I think it can be really easy to, instead of being an encouragement and a help to your husband, Mm. to be a nag or nitpicky or kind of have this attitude of like, I'm just gonna sit back and watch you fail or if the husband can't lead that day and it's he's chosen to do a thing that you don't really like doing or you don't really want to do or that is hard for you to want to follow to just not want to help in that and pick up in his place to be kind of keeping the consistency um 
I would say, though, that if the wife is in a situation where the husband is engaged like 0% in, in, spiritual, the, matters. in spiritual matters, that she should be taking upon herself some responsibility of teaching the kids and absolutely but, but going to her husband, husband and saying hey like i think this is important if you're if you don't and you don't want to be involved in this at all i just want you to know what i'm doing i'm doing this with the kids and i'm doing this with the kids um and and just praying for her husband because at the end of the day she shouldn't have to do that she should be um, following her husband's lead. And if he is leading, you know, if he's not leading, then I don't think it's wrong for her. I think she still has responsibility of, of training the kids um, in God, but praying for her husband diligently and... And not allowing it to turn to bitterness towards her husband. That's really yeah. difficult. Yeah. Um, but I, I think... Just letting your kids not be trained in the Lord because the husband doesn't have any conviction um, would be not the correct application of Scripture. In what that. if the husband was like, "No, I don't want you doing that." Well, it, then, then you look at the context of the family. Are they going to church? Are they under um, any elders? Um, if there's no church involvement and no elders that are over them as a household, um, then that's a little bit of a trickier situation. Um, I think if you are going to church and there, there are elders that, that um, are involved in leading the congregation well, that you would um, talk, to, talk to your husband, say this is really important, um, and I'd like to, you know, go for counseling if this isn't something that you think our family should be doing. Um, and then involve the elders at that point. But um, I think most guys probably know that it's important and feel convicted that they haven't done anything. And so it just kind of gets them into a, like, I don't know what to do. I, I, I think a lot of guys get distracted by work and they feel like provision is like their most important role. And mm -hmm. so, um, they really need biblical counseling from other men and, um, the elders of the church. If they're like stuck on provision and not spiritual leadership. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. What would you say, Tim, for a wife where there is no church involvement there's no eldership. I mean, are you talking about typically like an unbelieving husband and a believing wife? And that the, the husband could even say he's believing, but the family hasn't gone to church for two years. And the wife has been convicted to do something. Mm -hmm. Talks to her husband. He says, uh, I think it's good, but I don't really want to do that right now. And I'd kind of rather you not because I don't think it's your place. And then just kind of lets it go. You know what would you what would you recommend for uh, that situation? I'm not a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that uh, wives submit to your husbands and pray for them 
and ask God to to work on his heart, especially if he's a believing husband. But and get in a church. Yeah, get right. Church. And, and like, get in a church. However, like, I mean, shoot, getting in a good church that would stand behind those principles is. Yeah. Sometimes it feels like it's far and few between. Um, so, especially when like, if, if I were to walk into a stereotypical, you know, two thousand, three thousand person congregation just waltz into a church and be like, hey, my husband won't, my husband won't do family worship. They'll be like, well, we have a youth ministry. Yeah. <laughs> um, at least that's, you know, I, of course I'm generalizing, but uh, that is how I would perceive the general evangelical church reacting. Um, but I think that would be my suggestion is, uh, she needs to surround herself with women who, uh, who can pray with her, mm -hmm. encourage her to, uh, trust in the Lord. Uh, something that I've also been telling myself is singing myself the trust and obey song. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, cause there really is no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey him at his word. And, well, and have that. The other faith. aspect of this is that there is a lot of teaching your children through example. Yeah. And wives are never called to submit to their husbands to the extent that they would not be involved in God's word, that they would not be singing songs of praise to the Lord. In those situations, right. you're not right. supposed to be submitting to your husband to this to the extent that now you are not submitting to the Lord. Right, right. but sure. in, in the context of, like, having a sit-down family worship structure yes. time. Right, but I'm saying you can still right. very much right. teach yeah. your children through the example you set for oh, them yeah. in the importance you place. So instead of becoming discouraged that your husband doesn't want you to spend an hour going through the Bible and doing it in this formal sort of way with your children, pray for your husband, but that doesn't mean... I mean, I think that wives, especially wives, I, it really seems like you almost are having to refer to wives of unbelieving husbands if, if this really is the sure. pattern and goes on this long. Yeah. There's, there's and even really non-believing husbands would probably just be like, yeah, whatever. Right, but... <laughs> yeah, I don't care, I'm at work. But the reality is that as a believing, as a believing wife and an unbelieving husband, they're... There needs to be a guarding of the heart of not falling, like I said, into into bitterness and um, and praying for their spouse, but continuing to be diligent to serve the Lord and to to live in a way that honors Him, that can be a very clear example to the children. You can still spend time in the Word. And doesn't that verse follow up with that kind of <laughs> that application of what verse? I have to look it up. It's your phone. What verse are you talking about? Uh, wives submit to your husbands. Uh, as to the Lord. Yeah, I thought there was something that followed up with it. But 
talked about winsome submit everything husbands mm. husbands uh, love your wives as Christ gave them. Mm. That might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so they might be present to himself. No, there's a okay. another passage that talks about unbelieving spouses and what's that noise? Paxson singing for us. <laughs> You get a lot more children visitors when all of the parental authorities are mm-hmm. <laughs> occupied. Yep. So anyway, I seems like that's a pretty clear answer. Yep, we're at our hour mark, so. Cool. Well, this has been fun. Yeah. We'll have to do it again before another 58 episodes go by. We'll see. Yeah, let's do it on... Discipline, children training and discipline. Yeah, he has his next. Maybe we won't even wait fifty episodes. Maybe we'll just sneak that in. Bring your favorite pal and. (laughs) (laughs) Great, can't wait. Yeah. We can bring Paxton. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well. That's it. Anything else? Any last remarks? No, I feel like we didn't complete the uh, that last thought. Um, Complete it. Carry us out. Uh, well... No. Alright, fine. I'll summarize. Okay. <laughs> what you should have learned if you have Yeah, what you should have learned <laughs> in summary. No. Uh, parents no. are in charge of their children, uh, given, instructed no. by God, uh, no. because at the end of your life, you are the one who is going to be responsible and ultimately... God will hold you accountable. Uh, So, uh, with that being said, some practical things that men should be doing um, with the support of their wives is to lead family worship by praying with their children, singing with their children, and reading God's word. So, with that, goodbye. All right. Bye. See you guys.